It's good to be back with you. I was here about five, six years ago, but boy, how it's changed, <laughs> right? But we're so glad that. Listen, one uh, announcement there. In your bulletin, it says Joshua 24, 6 through 14. It's Joshua 14, 6 through 14. So if you turn there to Joshua chapter 14. Hey, come back here. It's here. We don't want to step on that. Okay. It is good to be with you though today. We pray that God will bless you. That he'll give us ears to hear. Eyes to see where he's working. And a desire in our heart to be involved in that. Because that's what he wants. Listen. A future better than your past. Or life better than the past. So we see here is. These two men get together in Joshua 14. We'll read that in just a second. But there were two men meeting here. They were reminiscing. We do that a lot. We get together with our kids and and my sisters, our siblings. And we talk about what life was like. Our brothers, our sisters, uncles, the things we did when we were kids. And we enjoy doing that. We kind of exaggerate a little bit sometimes. But here they were. Joshua and Caleb had come together. The older one was 85 years old. But he said, look, life is just beginning. (laughs) And hopefully some of you that have a little white on top of your head or no hair there at all can see that and say, hey, life is the best is still ahead. Thank God for the past, what he's done for us, but thank God for what he's going to do for us. And it might not be tomorrow, but here he had to wait 40 some years before that took place. And so we'll see that in just a minute. Let's read here in Joshua chapter 14, beginning with verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, said unto him, said, You know the things that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old I was when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me out from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went up with me made made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon your feet have trodden shall be yours as an inheritance in your children forever, because you wholly followed the Lord your God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day... Eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day when Moses sent me out. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war to both go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. We will look at that in just a few minutes. Whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims, or the giants, were there 
and that the cities were great and fenced, if so the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. And Joshua blessed him and gave Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became an inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord his God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, how it comes to encourage us, to strengthen us. And I pray, God, that you will speak to us today. Use this passage to encourage us that the best of life that you have promised for us is still ahead. And we long for that day, Father, when faith will become sight. So I pray you'll bless, bless the ones that hear. God, those that are here that don't know you, we pray, God, that you'll speak to their hearts. Those that are here that need encouraging, God, we pray we'll encourage them to continue to follow you faithfully. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So these two came together and they were talking. And Caleb said, Joshua, you remember how God and Moses led us out of Egypt after the ten plagues? And the last one where the firstborn of the children of Egypt, all of them died. They didn't have the blood applied to their doorposts. And then he brought us out to the Red Sea. And when Pharaoh came and was closing in on us, God just opened up the sea and let us pass through. And then he drowned all of Pharaoh's army and Pharaoh there in the sea. And we wandered in the desert. God didn't take us the direct path to Israel. He led us around. He said he wanted to test us. He didn't want us to become discouraged. And so as they wandered there, then they came to Kadesh Barnea, that place there along the Jordan River. And they were getting ready to cross into the promised land. And Moses, he said, you remember God led us while we were there in the wilderness. He led us by a pillar of fire at night, a cloud during the day. He fed us manna and quail when we complained about food. He fed us. And he said not only that, he gave us water out of the rock. But to us, Moses at that time, he named 12 spies to go in and to spy out the land. Not to see if they could take it. That was already settled. God promised it to Abraham Isaac and Jacob, he said, it'll be your inheritance forever. So he said it wasn't to decide whether we could take it or not. It was to go in to see how we were going to go in and take it. Which road to take? Which valley to go up? And he said, we went and we came back after 40 days and gave a report to Moses. He said, we brought some of the fruit. We it took two men to carry one clump of grapes. Can you imagine a grape? a bunch of grapes that it took two people to carry on a rod. And so they came back and they said, we can go, we can take it. He, they wanted to spout the land to see what it was like. Was it good for farming? Was there trees? How was the people? The cities, were they strong? Were they fenced in? And he said, with all that, it is a beautiful land. Let's go take it. This was the report that Joshua and Caleb gave. The other ten said, no, we can't take it. This Land is full of giants. The cities are fenced in. They're stronger than we are. We're like grasshoppers in their sight and in our sight. And so the people became discouraged. They said their hearts were melting. I can't imagine that, can you? After they'd seen all that God had done in Egypt, all that God had done in the desert, and here they are at the 
boundary to go into the promised land. But the people said, no, they can't. They were ready to stone Moses and Aaron. But Caleb said, listen, we can. Let's go in. We can take it. But the people weren't willing to do that. And after God judged them, then some of them decided, hey, we will go. But they were defeated. And they were turned back into the desert. He said, one year for every day, you'll wander in the desert. You're worried about your children. He said, they'll go in, but you won't. Anybody 20 years old and up couldn't go into the promised land except Caleb and Joshua. And here they are. They've come back. Joshua nods again. He said, okay. We brought back this good report. Caleb's speaking here to Joshua. He said, listen, let's go in and take it. Then verse 12, he said, now give me, therefore, this mountain. What was he talking That's where the giants lived. Can you imagine 85 years old? Now he's going to give us four distinctive promises here, or four distinctive ways that God, that we can make the best of life, the rest of life. And so he says here, in verse 6, 9, and 12, he constantly said, the Lord said, God promised. He was living on God. And so that's the first thing we want to do. Commit your life to the promises of God. When we do that, we trust God and believe it. Many people say, if you ask them, do you believe the Bible? Oh, yes. Do you? Are you living what it says? God promised that. I like what Billy Graham said at one time. He said, the Bible said it. I believe it. That settles it. Isn't that good? If we believe that, do we really believe it? So he promised that. He said a life that we live day by day built on the promises of God. What did God promise us as Christians? Well, he spoke to his disciples there in all of the Gospels. There's a commission, but there's also a promise that goes with it. He says in Matthew, he says, as you go, make disciples of all nations. We're to win people to God. We're to build up the church. He said, teaching them all things whatsoever I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, what? I am with you always unto the end of the earth. So his promise to God's people, if we go, we're following him. He'll be with us. We'll have his presence no matter what comes our way. They waited 40 years before he got to go back in. He experienced some uh, trials, some heartaches, some sorrows, some crises, all of these different things. But yet he lived every day. He said, I completely, wholly follow the Lord my God. wonder how many of us can really say that. I've been faithful to God. I've lived for him day by day, built my life on his promises. And I'm going to continue to do that. And then he said to that, give me that mountain. Not the easy job. The hardest part of it. That was the hardest section of the country they had to the win, right? The Anakims. So he said, there's enough of this here. He said, we're like grasshoppers. So many times we have too much grasshopper philosophies going on in our churches today. Oh, we can't do it. We're too weak. One of the motto of a church, I remember a small church, said we're small, but we're pure. Hogwash. <laughs> right? 
Not so. God wants to see his church grow. He wants us to win people. He said it came, the, wasn't his will that any should perish, but what? That all should come to repentance, come to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So every circumstance. Paul said we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 8, 37, he said that. If you want tomorrow better than today, build your life on the promises of God. Seek them out in God's Word. They said there's over 3,000 promises God makes in His Word. Seek them out. Claim them. I like the one he says in Malachi, right? <laughs> he said, bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Then he goes and he said, and prove me. That's the only place he says, test me and see that I'm not sure. And I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing that you can't receive. So the first thing, if you want a life better, commit it to the promises of God. Seek them out. Search them out. You don't have to find all of them, but find one that you can place your life and build your life on. One is, he says, if you come unto me and confess your sin, I'll in no wise cast you out. Then he says, look, if you go and teach and preach as you go, I'll be with you. That's a promise. Then in John, he said, as my father sent me, so send I you. And I, you know, it caused me to stop and ask the question, how did God send Jesus? And he tells me. He says he sent him out that he might win people to the Lord. And that's what he wants to do with us. If we'll go, he promises, he says, my peace I give unto you. You know, there's nothing more peaceful and calm in our soul and our spirit when we know we're in the center of God's will. But there's nothing more unsettling when you know you're not. Then the second thing he said, be confident in your past performance or live a life with no regrets. That's hard, isn't it? How many times have we looked back and said, oh, if I just could do this over again? What would I do? I would have done it different. But Joshua said it five times or three times. He said, I wholly followed the Lord my God. He followed him. Commit your life to If you want the rest of your life, the best of life, live it day by day and look back with no regrets. It's hard to say. Looking back, he said, remember Joshua? I wholly, I completely followed him. It's best I knew how at that time. I was on track with the Lord. Not all of us can say. One of the archbishops in England, he said this, Oh, I wish if I'd have been as faithful to God as I was the king. How many of us can say, Oh God, if I was just as faithful to you as I was, you feel it is. We won't mention it, but Yesterday wasn't a bad day for a lot of folks, wasn't it? <laughs> right? Lord, if I would have just been as faithful to you as I was one of those teams. But he said that. As I knew how, the best of my ability, I followed God. He quieted the people, didn't he? Not because... He wanted to please Moses. 
or to quiet the people down. He did it out of conviction. That's what he believed. That's what he followed God. Do you want a life better tomorrow than today? Then say, today and every day I'm going to live in the center of God's will for my life. That's what he's saying to us through this passage. Then he says the secret, a constant and a consistent personal life. Verse 11 there, he says, as I yet, as yet I am strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me out. My strength was then, even so is my strength now to go out and to come in and now for war. That's hard for us to say. You wonder, was he still as young after 45 years as he was when he was 40? I don't know. Maybe his legs were a little weaker. His hands are not quite as strong. I know mine are not. I look back 40 years when I went into ministry. There's been a lot of changes going on. Right? Put on a few pounds, lost a few hair, lost a little bit of strength, wake up with a few more aches and pains. But he said, not necessarily so much physically. Maybe he was. His hand couldn't grip the sword as quite as tight. He couldn't run the race as he did at 40. His eyes maybe not as keen, but his spirit was just as strong. And that's what we need, right? That inner, the confidence that God is with us, that he'll be with us. He said we can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He said that in Luke, another promise that you can lay your life on. But he said, ready to take the hill, the giants. Today, I'm ready. Sometimes we begin to look and name all excuses why we can't do it, right? Oh, we can't do that. He said, no, I'm ready. Give me that mountain where those Anakims, those giants are, and I'll go in and God will be with me and I'll take it. He promised to be with them, right? Then the challenge. The challenge for a powerful and a pleasant life. God promises. And he says that. Don't live in yesterday. As we get older, we begin to think back, oh, if we just could bring back the blessings of yesterday. You can't do it. He's promised blessings for tomorrow. And we can go out to there. He said, don't live in yesterday. Caleb talked. He said, remember, remember, remember. Give me this mountain. You know the mark of youth? They believe any mountain can be claimed. Any mountain can be climbed. As one fellow used to say, they believe that you can go out and whip a, a grizzly bear with a switch. That's the attitude of the youth. But as you get older, you know what happens? It changes in. It says, the mark of old age is looking back. We don't want anything to change. We're comfortable, right? In our old life, in our old ways. We don't want anything to change. How it used to be. I've Sometimes I get with my wife and some of those, we'll get, you remember how we used to do church? You remember the, how we used to sing the songs? And we go through all of these things, how we wish life could be back like it was. But it can't. Caleb had some great days in the past. He had done a lot of great things. 
a lot of laurels and blessings. But he said, look, there's still some mountains to be won. There's still some giants to be defeated. There's still some work of God to be done. There are some souls that are lost. They need to be won. Make no difference how many calendar years are marked off in, in your life. I remember Bertha Smith. Some of you might remember her. She was on her way to the Southern Baptist Convention in San Antonio, Texas. 99 years old when she died. I've seen her stand and teach some of the lessons that she had taught when she was a missionary in Japan. Stand for an hour and a half. And boy, she had really laid the law down to us. Salome Burroughs who was a spinster in Paraguay when we were there as missionaries. She would walk one mile, one way to church every Sunday morning, 93 years old. She wanted to be in God's house to worship God. So it doesn't matter how many years, whether it's 8, 18, or 88, God promises to be with us. The challenges, we still have challenges. You want the best of your life? in the rest of your life, capture some of that same spirit. God promises to be with us. He says, I'll never forsake you, right? Praise God. I remember this quote. I don't know where it came from, but it was this. It says, you don't quit when you get tired. You don't quit when you retire. You quit when you expire. Right? So when we get that attitude in our mind, we can accomplish some things for God. God promises to bless us. So if you want the best of life to be the rest of your life, capture this. Live a life without any regret. Live a life that's based on the promises of God. Live a life where you have the desire to serve God no matter what comes or fails. And I'm sure you've met some difficulties here in infinity. But God has blessed this place. And he promises to continue blessing if you find people that will dedicate themselves to the Lord. I remember the story of B.L. Moody. He was preaching. He was having some success as a preacher. But one day he was listening to a friend as he was in England. They were in the open air. Henry Varley was preaching. And he said this statement that stuck in the heart of D.L. Moody. He said, It is yet to be seen what God can do in and through and by and for the person who is completely sold out to God and filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, the when he said, I'm going to be that person. And as he came back from England on board ship, as he was walking the deck, you know, the little planks that they have in the deck, he said, every time he'd ask, Lord, I want to be that person. Lord, I want to be that. And about halfway back, he began to change. God, make me that person. God, make me that person. And he did. He's one of the greatest evangelists at the turn of the 18th century. He was in New York that had the great Chicago fire, and he had had a church in Chicago. It burned it down, so he was trying to earn some funds, do some fundraising. And he was walking down the street. It's about six months or so later, he said as he came to an alley 
He said the Spirit of God fell on him in such a way that he fell in that alley. And he finally cried out, God, stay your hand or I'm going to die. I can't receive anymore. How many of us are willing? He was completely sold out. Just as Caleb said, I completely followed the Lord as I knew how. How many of us can say that? So in closing today, maybe you're here and you say, well, I can't look back without regret. I made a lot of mistakes. All of us have. But can you dedicate your life today and say, hey, from this time on, I'm going to seek to follow the Lord with all my heart. He tells us that. He said, you shall find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That means above football, <laughs> work, family, whatever. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. God's not hiding himself from us. He wants us to be serious about this. He is. He was serious enough to send his son Jesus to die for us. How many of you would be willing to give up a son or a child that somebody else could come to know Jesus? And that's what he did. I believe he would have come if it was just one person. But glory to God is not. There's more. There's people all around, right, that need to be saved, need to hear the gospel. And some of you need to come and take that child away. God, I'm here. Whatever you want to do, I'm willing to do it. Live a life without any regrets. Start today. Find some promises. Do this. He said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our big challenge. So as we come, as we have a time of invitation, just invite you. Maybe you need to come and say, hey, God, I accept a challenge. I want to see people saved. I want to see this church grow. I want to see us fill every seat and have to expand. And when we do that, God is faithful. And He is just. Right? So that's what He wants to do. So will you stand with me? Let's have a time of prayer. And if God has spoken to your heart and you need to come, maybe you don't know Him as Lord and Savior. First of all, you need to come get that right first. Accept Him. Receive Him as your Savior. As your companion day by day. And maybe you need to say, hey, God, I've done some things I would regret. I want to rededicate my life. You come. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for challenging our heart today. There's still so much work to be done. And I pray, Father, as we have this invitation, Lord, if there's people here that need to come and say just public before you, God, I'm sorry. I want to serve you. I Accept this promise that you'll be with me no matter where I go. Maybe there's one here that don't know you, Father. And God, you're speaking to them and saying, hey, you need to give your life. You need to commit your life to me. And God, we ask you to do that. So Lord, this hour is yours. And we pray that you'll speak, your Holy Spirit, that you'll move among us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.